Welcome to the Scott Ross Discipleship Podcast. Scott has been discipling men and women for more than 20 years and is passionate about helping you grow into the full measure of the maturity of Christ. Grab your Bible, something to write with, and your favorite warm beverage, and let's listen as Scott takes us deeper in our walk with God. Um, so in Judges, the central motif is going to be the Spirit's power of God to deliver His people from their own error, from a foreign military force that's pagan. And there's a pattern that is set out in Judges chapter 2, verses 11 through 19. I'm sorry that the text is a little small. I should have made this multiple slides. But um, it says, the Israelites did what was evil in the Lord's sight. They worshipped the Baals and abandoned the Lord, the God of their ancestors who had brought them out of Egypt. They followed other gods from the surrounding peoples and bowed down to them. They angered the Lord, for they abandoned him and worshipped Baal and the Ashtoreths. The Lord's anger burned against Israel, and he handed them over to marauders who raided them. He sold them to the enemies around them, and they could no longer resist their enemies." Whenever the Israelites went out, the Lord was against them and brought disaster on them just as he had promised and sworn to them, so they suffered greatly. The Lord raised up judges who saved them from the power of their marauders, but they did not listen to their judges. Instead, they prostituted themselves with other gods, bowing down to them. They quickly turned from the way of their ancestors who had walked in obedience to the Lord's commands. They did not do as their ancestors did. Whenever the Lord raised up a judge for the Israelites, the Lord was with him and saved the people from the power of their enemies while the judge was still alive. The Lord was moved to pity whenever they groaned because of those who were oppressing and afflicting them. Whenever they judged, whenever the judge died, the Israelites would act even more corruptly than their ancestors, following other gods to serve them and bow in worship to them. They did not turn from their evil practices or their obstinate ways. So it's probably pretty foreign to us as Americans, this idea of there being ancestors who kind of had things going good and then a generation rising up that forgets those people and decides to go do something different. Uh, But that was what was going on in Israel. And it happened over and over and over. It's like a broken record. They, they, They abandon God. Everything goes badly. God raises up a judge. He calls them to worship God again. They follow the judge. Things start going really great. The judge dies, and then they go, repeat. <laughs> they, they abandon God. Things go badly, and, and they literally just do the cycle over and over. And it's very frustrating reading it, but if we're honest, we have to look ourselves in the mirror. So this is going to establish this pattern right here, and we're going to see that over and over again, and we're going to specifically, of course, be looking for the way that the Holy Spirit plays a role in this pattern. So the first judge that we're going to look at is Othniel. So Othniel is in Judges chapter 3, and here's the pattern. The Israelites did what was evil in the Lord's sight. They forgot the Lord their God and worshipped the Baals and the Asherahs. The Lord's anger burned against Israel, and he sold them to King Cushan Rish. 
Athaim of Aram Naharim, and the Israelites served him eight years. The Israelites cried out to the Lord, so the Lord raised up Othniel, son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother, as a deliverer to save the Israelites. The Spirit of the Lord came on him, and he judged Israel. Othniel went out to battle, and the Lord handed over King Cushan Rishathaim of Aram to him, so that Othniel overpowered him. Then the land had peace for 40 years, and Othniel, son of Kenaz, died. Now, this is, how many verses is this? It's like three, right? So, uh, four, yeah, four verses. This is the whole story of Othniel right here. This is like, it's told in almost the least colorful way possible. It's like, this is what happened. You know, it's vanilla as we can get it. Now, we actually know a little bit about Othniel because back in Judges chapter 1, verses 12 through 15, Othniel is mentioned as having had uh, a lot of military success. So he is somebody who's already demonstrated that he's the man, that he can go out and make things happen. And you'll notice that um, he's married... Um, or, or that he's Caleb's younger bro youngest brother, but he... Um, he was given Caleb's daughter as a prize for his military conquest early on. So Othniel is not a totally unknown guy. However, um, what's interesting is that the Holy Spirit had to be uh, had to come on him in order for him to win this particular battle. Now there's there's um, Again, as I said before, the, we're going to see this pattern of the Holy Spirit being given to someone as a validation that they are who God chose. And one of the things that some scholars think is that uh, Othniel's um, success had been in the south, and he would have been unknown in the north, and now all of Israel had to see him as the judge. So therefore, the Holy Spirit had to be given to him there. The other thing is, is that this particular king was outside of the Canaanite territory where they existed. So this would have also sent a message to people who were completely unknown to the Israelites or had no interaction with the Israelites. And so Othniel is given the Spirit of God. He has success. The nation of Israel comes back to worshiping God, and that goes well for 40 years. Any thoughts or questions on that? So that brings us to this guy, who many of you may know. What, what would be the only, one reason that almost everyone has heard the name of Gideon, do you think? Hmm? Yeah, I bet that the average person doesn't know anything about the fleece. But I, I, I'm optimistic as you are. I wish the nations knew that. But what were you going to say? Exactly, Gideon's Bibles, right? They put them in all the hotel rooms. All the hotel rooms. He didn't write it. <laughs> now, unlike Othniel, Gideon is not what we would expect from a military commander. Because if you look at Gideon, all the references to Gideon, there's a motif in everything describing Gideon, and that motif is fear. He's afraid. He operates out of fear. He's worried about these people being afraid. He, that guy was scared. You just see fear, 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 fear all the time throughout Gideon's uh, description. But in Judges chapter 6, verse 34, the Spirit of the Lord enveloped Gideon, and he blew the ram's horn, and the uh, Abizrites rallied, rallied behind him. Um, what we're going to see, and this is going to start to play a role through the rest of the Old Testament, 
And it's going to become an interesting question for us to look at, even when we get to the New Testament, is that when the Holy Spirit comes upon a person, especially in the Old Testament, it doesn't transform their character. Their, their issues stay their issues. And Gideon was afraid before he had the Holy Spirit, and he was afraid after he had the Holy Spirit. That fear motif sticks around. Um, okay, that leads us to Jephthah. Jephthah is an also unlikely deliverer. And um, in Judges chapter 11, verse 29, the Spirit of the Lord came on Jephthah, who traveled through Gilead and Manasseh, and then through Mizpah of Gilead. He crossed over the Ammonites from Mizpah of Gilead. So uh, if you follow that, if we go down further, Jephthah made this vow to the Lord. If you, in fact, hand over the Amorites to me, whoever comes out of the doors of my house to greet me, when I return safely from the Ammonites will belong to the Lord, and I will offer that person as a burnt sacrifice or a burnt offering. That's a very debated passage. I don't want to get into it. But basically... Um, uh, basically the same thing is happening I'm skipping a lot of scripture but the, the nation of Israel falls away God raises up a judge how does he validate that that judge is who he's picked the spirit of the Lord comes upon him and he goes forward and has lots of success nation of Israel comes back then the guy dies and they fall away again and then we come to this guy, who most people have heard of because they've gone to Branson and they've seen the light and magic show about him. No. Um, what do we know about Samson? What's the famous thing about Samson? Long hair and muscles. Yes, very muscular guy who gets his strength from his hair. And uh, Delilah causes, she cuts off his hair and it doesn't go well. Then. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Well, you got to admit, he wasn't the brightest guy. She tried several times to prove to him every single time what she was going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Good thing that modern men don't lose their sensibilities around beautiful women. There's a good thing that doesn't happen today. We've grown. We've, we've, we've matured past that. Now, the interesting thing, the difference with Samson, though, is that unlike the previous judges... Samson and the Holy Spirit get involved with each other very, very early in his life, almost from the, or from the point of birth, basically. Because we see in Judges chapter 13, the woman gave birth to a son and named him Samson. The boy grew and the Lord blessed him. Then the Spirit of the Lord began to stir him in the camp of Dan between Zorah and Eshtel. Now, what's interesting about this word stir is it's Pam. And Pam is only used three other times in the Old Testament. And it does literally mean stir, but the secondary meaning, and in fact, if you look up every other time it's used, it means troubles. It troubled him. So we could say the Lord began to trouble him, and it's almost like Samson wanted to go one way, and the Holy Spirit's going, nope, you're not going that direction. It was stirring him. It was troubling him. And 
The Holy Spirit is used in reference to Samson more than any other figure in the Old Testament. Any, it, it, the Holy Spirit and Samson come together more than any other person in all of the Old Testament. And here's just a few of those, these examples. Judges 14.6, The Spirit of the Lord came powerfully on him, and he tore the lion apart with his bare hands, and he might have torn a young, as he might have torn a young goat. Because as we all know, we can all tear young goats, right? So he tore a lion exactly the same as you and I might have just torn a goat. Um, I tore a goat just yesterday, just like that. But he did not tell his father or mother what he had done. Judges 14, 19 through 20, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully on him, and he went down to Ashkelon and killed 30 of their men. He stripped them and gave their clothes to those who had explained the riddle. In a rage, Samson returned to his father's house, and his wife was given to one of the men who had accompanied him. Judges 15, 14 through 15, when he came to Lehi, the Philistines came to meet him shouting, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully on him, and the ropes that were on his arms and wrists became like burnt flax and fell off. He found a fresh jawbone of a donkey, reached out his hand, took it, and killed a thousand men with it. And then he had this really cool thing where he goes, I killed a thousand men with a jawbone! Like that, literally, if you read it. So like if y'all are against NFL celebrations, just know Samson, he did the he did a celebration dance right there yeah, after. Huh? How do you end up? Yeah, it didn't work out really well for him. But. Like most NFL players. Yeah, no. Well what's interesting is who was said to be a man after God's own heart? David. Yeah, did David did did, did what David do? Yes, like, I. In a different way, like like he's just not a very um, sympathetic figure in no. any way, form, or fashion. Not at all. I mean, you know, like. Not at all. I totally agree with you. But by the way, when we get past Othniel, Othniel is is really the most uh, respectable judge. If you get, we start to see character flaws, and the character flaws actually seem to multiply as you go through Judges, where we get to Samson, and he seems to be the most flawed character of all. And yet, the Holy Spirit is said to, or we have the Holy Spirit referenced in relation to Samson, like I said, more than anyone in the Old Testament. So it's, 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 it's interesting that God places his spirit on this person to accomplish something big and to state to make it clear to everyone around him, I am working through this person, and yet they, they retain their flaws. Well, I'm glad that the New Testament Holy Spirit doesn't do a um, character check before he comes upon us. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> he doesn't look at our resume. Like, uh. Okay, any, you had a question? I was just going to, a comparison between Samson and David was, David was remorseful. I don't know if Samson had, was ever remorseful about anything except for being bound in the end. Right at the very end. Yeah, at the end, he's, he's not excited about where his life has ended up. But I agree with you. Okay, so here's some observations on Judges. Number one, empowerment by the Spirit is specific to the needs of the nation for deliverance, but it also testifies to Yahweh's choice of the particular judge as a figure through whom he would work. Number two, this work is always related to military settings, though with Samson this also becomes violence against animals, albeit violence that is also against the Philistines. And 
The flaws of each judge remain, and the empowerment provided by the Spirit does nothing to change the basic character of the various judges whose flaws are fully presented to us. Okay, everybody's coming out. When we get back together next week, we will dive into First and Second Samuel and how the Holy Spirit is revealed there. Good, good? good. All right, God bless you guys. Thanks for coming, and uh, be safe. Root for your favorite team tonight. I hope whoever you want to win wins. Thanks for listening. We pray this has been edifying. If you've enjoyed the show, please give us a shout out on your favorite social media platform. Scott's username on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram is Scott Ross Online. That's Scott Ross Online, all one word. Also, please remember to go to scottrossonline.com to subscribe, catch up on past episodes, and discuss what you've learned with others. Until next time, continue to walk in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. God bless you.